Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marchessault, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two rolling along here on a Monday. Thanks to everybody that called in the first segment of the show. Uh, hour number one. Got a lot of listener interaction, listener questions. We had some fun there, Chapman and I. But alas, it is time to go all the way across the country to New York to talk to Darren Millard. Darren, what are you doing in New York? Okay, first of all, right now, I just want to paint the picture for you. You can hear some people in the background. Yeah. There's a horn that just uh, uh, from a truck that went by. I am in the middle of Manhattan <laughs> right now and just off Broadway for the NHL broadcast meetings. But they have a function every year. Uh, on the uh, the first day of the meeting. So we're on the 39th floor mm. of the Hard Rock building overlooking Manhattan. And I got to love Vegas, but there's a vibe from that you get from New York City. We used to spend three or four days here. I'm ready to go home. But mm. this place is just, uh, I, I, I love New York City. It's, it's so cool to be back. Uh, Shane Naughty, not quite the same uh, opinion as me. <laughs> He doesn't like the traffic. It took us a couple hours to get in from JFK uh, to our hotel yesterday. Yeah. He wasn't buying that, but I love the sound of sitting in your room and hearing the traffic and the honking and the bustle of the city. It just, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different vibe than the Strip, and certainly a different vibe from Summerlin. Uh, I wouldn't want to live here full-time, but, boy, I love, I love NYC. So what what's the what's the Darren Millard special in in New York City? Like, where are the best places to go according to Darren Millard? Uh, I usually uh, work at uh, around others. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the the restaurant, but you walk through like a pawn shop and you, you get to the back of that. Hmm. Uh, there's actually one uh, in Vegas too. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I usually get there. I won't get there this time around. I got uh, definitely uh, some street uh, food. I love my street food. Uh, and uh, I love just walking around, not Times Square as much. Like, it's cool. And I, we were there the other, uh, last night. Mm-hmm. But uh, I go for a walk through Central Park. Uh, every time I come here, including today, uh, I went through for a little walk through Central Park. In my old days, I used to go for a run through there. Sure. The hip, the hip won't take that anymore. <laughs> and as you know, I'm on a uh, sabbatical from the bike. So today I just went for, my, for a walk. Did, let me ask you this question because I, I think it's inter- it's an interesting one. If you go through, if you go for a run in Central Park, is it a different experience from going for a walk? Like, did, oh, did yeah. you notice things differently as you were walking as opposed to maybe what you did when you were younger? Well, I'm not. I'm not saying why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> just, just a couple more feet. Why am I doing this? So you're not a runner, uh, then. You, you don't like running uh, no, at all. No, no, I'm a plotter. Okay. I, I, I liked it for uh, for uh, fitness, but uh, but that's about it. Uh, you know, the one thing that I won't get to do on this trip uh, that is on my bucket list though is the nine eleven museum. Oh, mm-hmm. and tribute 
uh, I want to get uh, down there, but uh, there's just not enough time uh, this time around to, to be able to do that. But Central Park is uh, is one of the staples. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a few years away from uh, having to do the rickshaw to tour that or the horse-drawn carriage. Thankfully, I can still get around by myself. Nice. Well done. Well, Darren Millar joining us from New York City. Uh, you know, I... I want to talk really quickly about training camp because obviously yeah. for the Golden Knights, they, they just wrapped up the rookie tournament today. There will be main camp starting officially starts on Wednesday. They'll be on the ice on Thursday and we've got preseason games going in on, on Sunday. So just, just from like your perspective over the course of the last week, what, what's the one thing you're, you're most clued in on for the Golden Knights, your big storyline going into camp? Uh, I'd like to say goaltending because that's the one that a lot of people are looking at mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're examining. I, I don't think that that, quite honestly, is going to be sorted out to a definitive uh, decision uh, right away. Uh, that means training camp. That's that's going to be one that we're going to quite right. Even if if Logan comes in and is lights out and hopefully he is, uh, there's still going to be having to prove himself into the early parts of the season and then uh, the first quarter pull and and, uh, and a challenge to be able to maintain uh, that type of performance. So uh, goaltending, I think, is, the, is uh, the biggest question about the performance of the team, uh, but it's not going to be answered right away. So I'm going to go with what I, with the, the story that I'm going to follow is the makeup of the, of the top six. And maybe that filters down to the to the top nine. Uh, who are the centers of this team beyond Jack Eichel, William Carlson? You you need another center in, in your top nine. So is that uh, is that Wah? Uh, is that Chandler Stevenson? And then wingers to go with on that top six. Uh, Eichel and Stone, I think, is is a pretty solid bet. Mm-hmm. After that. You could go with, I'm not a mathematician, but <laughs> the maximum number of combinations uh, uh, would be out of there. And, and, and we haven't seen that in, in the last number of years. There's the questions of whether the, the misfits would be broken up to a certain extent, but we thought that two would be on one line, one would be on another, and maybe uh, Pacioretty would slide to the second line to give, uh, give that a different look. But you could you knew basically where the, the six players would be. Mm-hmm. It would be what kind of uh, configuration they would be in. I think it's wide open with the with the top nine outside of Eichel and Stone on the first line, and and maybe I shouldn't even uh, go that far uh, based on uh, uh, the the new coach and uh, the uh, new book that uh, that is available. You know, it, it's funny because it. You know, in the first segment, we did have Frank call in, and he he was asking about the left side, the left wing for the Golden Knights going into the season, right? You, you look at the Golden Knights top to bottom, down the middle, they're going to be perfectly fine. You look at the yeah. right side, the right side has, has a lot of really good, experienced NHL veterans. On the left side, you've got Jonathan Marcheseau, and then it's really going to depend on who slides over to play the wing? Is it Chandler Stevenson? Is it Nick yeah. Waugh? How do you kind of configure that? My argument is, I think Chandler Stevenson is a, is a guy that can that can really do some damage on the wing. I like the idea of Nick Waugh as your third-line center because I just feel like you get more out of Waugh in that position. Do you agree? 
Well, I, I like I like Chandler Stevenson being with people that can put the puck in the net. Yeah, and that's uh, and and is, is that a center? Is that in the wing? Well, if he's with Jack Eichel, he's going to be on the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's with uh, with William Carlson, he'll probably be on the wing. Uh, if if he's on the third line, then I anticipate that he'll be in the middle. Yeah, uh, coming off his his career year, but that's just me. Uh, moving some, some pieces around. Uh, but what it does is if he's with Eichel, if he's with uh, Carlson, it gives, just gives you two center icemen that you can be a little bit more aggressive on your, on your face-offs. And by that, I mean you can, you can jump a little bit when the linesman uh, drops the puck. And if you get tossed out, you still got a center iceman to back you up. And in some cases, you got strong side, weak side uh, that you can throw in there as well. And, and really take advantage of it. But, uh, but that's where I like uh, uh, the two centers together. Chandler Stevenson has, has shown that he can play with talented hockey players, whether he's down the middle or, or on the wing. And uh, the Eichel, Stone, Stevenson, could that be a line? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see it myself just because Stone and, and Eichel for sure, and I talked to Eichel about this the other day at the, at the player media tour on, on Friday, uh, when we didn't have the show, about how much he slows the game down and his vision and his hockey sense mm-hmm. is so amazing that if you put a Chandler Stevenson with him, it forces the blue line to have to respect that a little bit, and it might create not just more room for Chandler Stevenson because they have to respect his speed, but as they respect that, uh, it creates a little bit more room for Jack Eichel. And we saw those two players last year in, in the time that, uh, that they were uh, both healthy and in the lineup, they had some chemistry, mm-hmm. right? There, yeah. there was something there. It, and we joked around at the time that it was always Eichel who was forecast to take Stevenson's spot on the top <laughs> line with Pat Redding Stone. Yeah. And then they ended up playing a bunch of hockey together, and they had some chemistry. Uh, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't uh, throw that out the window necessarily just because they're two centers. That uh, that I would like to, to see Stevenson play up in your lineup, especially coming up a career year uh, with the confidence, and then let Nick Waugh have another year uh, as your really dependable uh, third line center, and the ability to uh, to give you some three lines that that uh, you can roll over uh, and, and and ride a little bit. I don't think you're probably going to see as much. Uh, Talk about a four-line team. Uh, you got the energy line, and then you'll have a top nine. Yeah. I think uh, Nick Waugh's ice time should reflect him playing in the top nine. Is is that one of the more intriguing or exciting elements of, of this training camp is that it really does, maybe the, for the first time in a while, feel new? There's going to be some experimentation, and you know, I, I think that that's a good thing for everybody. Well, the, the, the newness is, you haven't had the Golden Knights start a season with a new coach since year number one. Yeah, it's true. Take, take, take that into, into uh, a position of absorbing it. Mm-hmm. The last time they had a coach that had never coached the team before uh, going to training camp was Gerard Glantz in the expansion year. Uh, Pete DeBoer took over midway through that uh, uh, year number three. And then he had the long COVID break yeah. where he spent a lot of time going into the bubble. Uh, but he'd had some experience with the team midseason and then got to kind of put a stamp on it with, uh, 
with what he's seen before. This is this is brand new, and as much as we know some of the philosophies and tactics that that Bruce Cassidy uh, uh, leans on uh, when it comes to personnel and who he sees gelling together is is going to be a mystery up until Thursday when we see <laughs> line rushes. And and my biggest fear is is Ben Goats or uh, <laughs> any of the other media members going to be able to see any of training camp skates on Thursday because they'll be so busy writing down all the line combinations mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and tweeting them out, which is a funny little comment, snarky comment by me. But it's also very... Uh, appropriate and on the money because I'm going to be the person that's at the front of the line uh-huh. looking at line combinations on Thursday for our show on Thursday Thursday afternoon because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be uh, uh, some questions answered. Uh, I've done my lines. I don't know whether you've done them uh, or to, to, to date, what you expect them to be, mm-hmm. uh, but I think uh, I think we should do them before Thursday and then uh, and then see how close we are on Thursday night, because as much as I think that, or I go with what I want to see <laughs> yeah, uh, or would like to see, sure, I don't really know whether it's going to sort out like that because I haven't worked, uh, watched uh, Bruce work uh, this closely. Yeah. I, I feel like Wednesday is the day we're, we're going to give Chapman a couple days to, to really sit on it and think about what his combinations are going to be. I like you have some that I've kind of, Piece together in my mind. I don't have anything definitive yet, but Wednesday will be the day that we get our line combinations out into the world before we we have a chance to be muddied by well, what we see in, in camp. I, I just want to make sure trouble. that I'm having trouble between between what I I hope to see, sure, not as much what I want to see, mm-hmm. what I hope to see, and that balance with what I think will happen, mm-hmm. and then that's scary because I'm trying to anticipate uh, what Bruce is going to do, and I don't have a lot of experience with Bruce to, mm-hmm. to lean on. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a slightly educated, very, <laughs> uh, not even a well-educated guess yeah. that I'm doing. So I'm trying to walk that line right now. So let me let me get this straight. Are you throwing shade at the nicest man in sports media, Ben Goetz, uh, because he's going to tweet out the lines where you're just going to write them down on paper? No, because they're they're all going to be down in their computers typing that stuff in uh-huh. while practice is going on, and they're going to be. This is what's going to happen. Okay, there's. Uh, <laughs> I'll just give you an example, and this, this is by no means supposed to be uh, taken to the altar and and wet. Mm-hmm. Ben's going to watch them come out and go. Who's who's in who, white uh, stone? Eichel, Stevenson. So he's like mm-hmm. twenty nine, sixty one. Who's 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 in maroon? Who's, who's, Carlson, mm-hmm. is, he, is he with Stevens? No, no, Stevenson on the first line. Smith? No, no. Like, and then he's, he's doing all that, uh, that uh, uh, tracking. So that's going to take up the first, I don't know how long it takes him to type. It would take me longer than, than him. You know what it's going to take gonna up? That's going to take up uh, all the attention uh, right away. And, and then keep in mind, there's three groups sure, yeah. that are skating. Yeah. So not everybody's going to be together. So you might have to do, okay, uh, let's see, Brisson's out there. Brisson, maybe they, they put him with the, what would be considered the second line. But you're like, will he stay there? I don't know. So, you, yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. We're going to have 
Ooh, between the three groups on nine forward lines, mm-hmm. it's Ben. And then you're going to try and remember that. Uh, so, so I'm I'm complimenting Ben mm-hmm. because he's going to be so engaged in that process. He may not see uh, some of the uh, first couple of minutes of each skate. So, okay, the beautiful thing about it is it's going to take up the part of the skate where everyone's just skating around in a circle and trying to get warm. So you're not going to miss any of the practice. Uh, but, you know, I, you mentioned Brendan Brisson And, Chapman, I'm, I'm looking at you. We have the ability to play this clip for Darren to hear as well, correct? Yeah, from, okay. from Kelly McCrimmon? Yes, yes. yes, fantastic. Okay, so I, I want you to, to just listen here to Kelly McCrimmon's comments over the course of the weekend at Rookie Tournament about Brendan Brisson and his development because I want to have a, a, a conversation about it afterwards. So let's hear from Kelly McCrimmon right now. Well, I think as you mentioned, he's uh, very determined. I think he uh, tremendously uh, dedicated to being a, an NHL player and, and the path that, uh, that he'll – uh, go down to get there. He has a great knack. He's a tremendous scorer, but I think as well, we've been impressed by his playmaking ability, his vision, and uh, you know, as you uh, touched on, you know, just the overall growth of his game, the things that uh, are going to be important to be a pro player with respect to you know defensive responsibilities and and that type of thing. But the you know the uh, you know the real unique special talent is uh, is the strength of his game, and obviously that's uh, something that's exciting for our organization. That was Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon to Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, over the course of the weekend. When it comes to Brisson, he had a couple of goals in the first game of the rookie tournament, including the game winner, a power play goal. Um, and quintessential, like you can't give him a bad pass. You can't find a place to put the puck that Brendan Brisson cannot score. What are your kind of expectations after hearing that from Kelly McCrimmon of Brisson going into this camp? Well, I, I think he's still considered uh, and is a young player, yeah. and there's going to be uh, a growth process that's going to occur uh, and, and has already occurred from his time in Henderson at the end of last year. Uh, as a professional, and now uh, through the rookie tournament uh, that we saw in San Jose and through the start of training camp. Uh, and you're going to see the, uh, the bumps up and, uh, and the learning experiences that come with the however many of the seven games that he's going to, to play in. What I do look at him as, so that's the, the safe part. Like it's, it's, it's a process for him, and We'll see uh, how linear that, that happens, uh, what kind of uh, flight he takes. The, the other part, the exciting part, uh, the less uh, responsible uh, or safe <laughs> part of my comment is Brendan Brisson has been around race of the game since he was a little child, yeah. like as much as he could remember. So what I love about Brisson is he will not be overwhelmed by this position. A first NHL training camp can get in the heads of players. Should I be doing this? Should I be a 200-foot player? Do I concentrate more on my defensive side instead of the offensive side, even though I'm a top scorer because uh, i got to show the coaches that I'm going to be uh, a, a, a total player. Uh, those conversations... I don't think happened with Brendan Brisson. Mm-hmm. He knows what players have to do in training camps because he's watched them and been around them forever uh, through training camps in the regular season uh, through his, uh, his family. 
the other part that, that I'll add on to it is the guy just loves to score and loves to create offense, whether it's dishing the puck, which he can totally do, and, and gets overshadowed by his, his one-timer that we've talked at length about and, and will continue to discuss. Mm. He, he loves it when his team puts the puck in the net. And I think that is, is a really uh, valuable part uh, about his position as a young player that he still is focused on putting the puck in the net. And I, and I think that could end up serving him really well uh, when it comes to uh, this, this training camp. Could he have a bump in the road or two? For sure. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is he won't be afraid to take a chance or push it a little bit. And that part I love. I understand why people will uh, take, like, take the safe side. I would, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but, but this is a player, because of his background, that, that won't be in that uh, situation. All right. We are just a couple of days away from the start of camp. Nick Haig is still not signed. Yeah. Are you getting nervous yet? No, nope. uh, mile marker. We're not at mile marker one yet. And mm-hmm. I know there was a report today from Elliot Friedman, and I trust uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, talking about uh, the, the, the distance between Nick Hag and, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. But I've also been around the game a long time to know that deadlines or mile markers increase the uh, urgency to get deals done. And that could be one side or the other that, that, that makes that decision. So mile marker one is Thursday mm-hmm. with the on ice. If people will say it's Wednesday, the medicals, but mile marker is the start of training camp on ice session, and that's Thursday. We're still a few days uh, away from that. Uh, will, does that guarantee that it's going to happen? Absolutely not. I'm not that naive, but... Uh, I'm looking at it right now as as there's still an opportunity. Uh, at last check, he was still uh, in, in Vegas, mm-hmm. and and that could occur. So I'm hopeful uh, that it occurs. I'm hoping that uh, the things uh, take uh, take the right turn, and away we go. Now, if we get to Thursday, he's not on the ice. Mm-hmm. That's my marker one, but it doesn't mean uh, that uh, that we're headed for an extended uh, absence uh, from training camp. Or, or the start of the season. You still have Sunday is the first preseason game, so mm-hmm. there you go, mile marker number two. Sure. And then you get into mid-camp, mile marker three, and the uh, mile marker four is uh, is the end of camp and the start of the regular season. For- uh, I, I, I hope it I hope it happens, but I'm not. I wouldn't put myself at the concern level right now. So, like when you're when you're kind of viewing it from the context of the player in, in defining your role for your team in the upcoming season when you're unsigned. Um, like which mile marker is almost too late? Like which mile marker puts you at a at a significant disadvantage if you're a player? December sixth, I believe that's the date where if you're uh, don't have, don't have a contract, you can't play. In that so so no no other so the, mile marker before that. I, I mean, obviously that one is the one where you can't play yeah. that season. But just, oh, look look, he he doesn't want to miss uh, as a player. He doesn't want to go into November. Mm-hmm not being a part of this team. If he misses the first, uh, all of training camp and the preseason games, that's not good. No. But it's not disastrous. 
if he goes into the regular season and he's not part of the team, that's that's a concern for the player mm-hmm. because one, he's got to watch his team play without him, and that opens up the doors for others. And if the team gets up to a great start, does that lessen your leverage? Uh, or in in the other flip side, it could increase your leverage, but it's not good, and especially with the new coach. So uh, I, I would say November, where as an athlete. You go, okay, I've missed, I've missed six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is not good. Or seven games, uh, that's not good. Uh, at, at his age, he wants to be uh, out there. It's still solvable, and he can certainly, he'll be, put himself and his agent will put himself in a situation where he's doing all the right training and, and so forth, but there's still nothing like the pace of a, a National Hockey League practice or National Hockey League reps. And, uh, we like the preseason, preseason games uh, this team hasn't played in, in five months, four and a half months. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into a preseason game or two uh, without jumping in with both feet uh, would be ben- beneficial for everybody, including Nick Egg. All right. Uh, what, what's your schedule tomorrow, bud? Uh, I will be on a flight on my way home during this show. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that's all right. I don't make, I don't make the travel arrangements. Uh, I apologize. I have, uh, I have a Staff mm-hmm. of uh, forty-two that do yeah. this for me. Yeah, uh, Papa Lou was chirping you earlier in the show today. Just, oh, just, was he? What oh, yeah. he saying? Oh, that you know you got the best part-time gig in hockey. Well, I I have <laughs> five part-time jobs and one full-time job. So five part-time jobs, Papa Lou, make up to uh, two and a half, and plus my other one, so that's three and a half full-time jobs. So which one's right. the full-time job? You're, you're, What's that? My Which? full-time job is the uh, Golden Knights broadcaster. Okay, so five other part-time jobs? Yeah. He's going to break it down for you. Yeah, I want you to break it down. Not for me, for Papa oh, Lou. Want, break it, break it down for Papa Lou. Yes. Okay, I, I do some speaking, so there's a part-time job. Oh, can I hire uh, you to speak somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah, cam- cameo speak, doesn't uh, count. Yeah, I was going to say, is no, it cameo? No, 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 no. And you guys, you guys never did uh, sign up for my cameo. Well, uh, I get I've, to see I've, you speak I've, every I've day. I podcast. I have uh, uh, the VGK Insider Show, which uh, I wouldn't consider my full-time job. Uh, so there's, uh, there's three. I do some uh, consulting. Uh, some broadcast consulting is four. And I do the In Goal uh, Radio Podcast, which is five. You're, so a, you're a busy guy. And, and, I, and, I, and I claim all of that on my taxes, just so wow. in case anybody from... Uh, well, you have to say that now. Is listening. Yeah. So you got to say that now that you put it over the air. Come on. Consulting? No, I, I do. I don't, I don't screw around with taxes. <laughs> I learned that once yeah. uh, by, by an honest mistake, mm-hmm. and, I, I, and it was a totally honest mistake, and it was a disaster. Yeah. I don't screw around with that. I'm, I'm, I overfile mm-hmm. and claim everything. Sure. Um speaking like i'm 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 flabbergasted not that you're you're speaking but like what what are you what what are you speaking about is it broadcast well, I, yeah I, I can do uh, my experience in in tv i can mm-hmm. do my experience in hockey uh as a guest speaker at different banquets or or corporate yeah. outings i can uh mc or or host uh corporate outings or or events uh there's a little uh it's it's a I would say it's a lucrative business if you put <laughs> some work into it. Sure. What? Uh, what? What is the? And I don't like. And I don't like speaking. But uh, come on, but I like. I, you don't but like, I like speaking. Making, but I. Re- you know, what I really like What's making that? money. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. I love that. 
just because I want to put you in a bad mood when you get off the phone and, and go about your night in uh, New York City, I'm going to let Chapman ask you a question. And that's how we're going to end this. You're going you're gonna to have to answer a question from Chris Chapman. Go. Yeah. I, consulting and, and speaking, when is the last time you were hired to, to do either? And, and, and who's hiring you? I, I know you kind of mentioned it, but like, <laughs> I mean, who's hiring you to consult them? That, that seems like a bad decision on their part. Broadcast consultant? Absolutely not. I've done a lot of it. I've done some junior <laughs> hockey teams. I did a, a major junior team this summer. Oh, nice. Uh, for what they were looking to do for their broadcast. Uh, I won't tell you the team name. No, 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 no. But, yeah. uh, but it, was in the, uh, it was in the Ontario Hockey League. Oh, they're moving tables around. Oh, my. Uh, it was in the Ontario Hockey League. So I, I did some consulting about their broadcast. And uh, and speaking, I did this summer. My last banquet was uh, in Prince Edward Island at the hmm. uh, the middle night of the Boys and Girls Club tournament with Noah Dobson and I don't know. Oh, and I did one with Bobby Hull and Dennis Hull. Oh, that's cool. You know, I yeah. I I gotta ask you, like I. On the you didn't say I had an answer for that, and I did have. No, an no, 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 I, you, you, I, you I shut me down. Um, right, right, right up yours. Yeah, <laughs> slam, <laughs> slam dunk. <laughs> from from a consultant, like what is what is the amount of work you put into that? Like what what is what does it look like? Yeah, what does it look like? Uh, you you sit down. You, you what does the what does the client want from their broadcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they may not know what they want, so I'll tell them uh, what I think that they should do for a, for a, in this case, in this client, a, a major junior uh, mm-hmm. broadcast. It was radio. How many people do they have? They don't usually have more than two people on the payroll, so can you incorporate others from the office and uh, get messages out about ticketing, uh, messages about uh, the team in the community, and then the, you don't want it to interfere with the with the actual broadcast of uh, letting people know how the team's doing, who, so that, that who, was what I did with with, with that one. Who was knew? Trying to find a balance with uh, with with getting the message out about how important the team and is to the community, with the X's and O's of of the team winning, trying to win a hockey game. Okay, um, I have a homework assignment for you on the on the airplane back. And I <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, I know you're not going to do it, but I think it'd be funny. My TV didn't work on the flight out here, so I, mm. I, I, have, lo- I have lots of time if that's the case going back. Samesies. And Gosher's right behind me. <laughs> His TV did work, so he kept mocking me. That's fantastic. I love Dave. Um, I All I'll say is this. If you can consult Chapman on just the things you want to see the remainder of the year and like put that together in a package, that would be fantastic. <laughs> With like that, visual aids and everything, I could. Do, I don't even need a flight for that. <laughs> oh, so you're saying you could do it in like a snap, pretty quick? Yeah, I got two I, and a half have years no of experience up with a top ten list. That's fantastic. Chapmanism. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm just for, for being prepared. I'm just letting you know, Ryan really enjoyed my open today for mm-hmm. for the caller. So yeah, it was good. It was good. Good. Well, yeah. yeah. Took you two weeks, so no, I had it last week. I you, took, you didn't, you, you just never it. threw to it. No, I mean, I mean, for us to like one. Oh, oh okay. I, I, well, no, you liked the one I made last week. It for for the top again, five. That was the second time. Yeah, well, I mean, the first one was was awful, but you liked the second one. I mean, second time is 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 okay. I, I'm not big in when it comes to uh, live <laughs> broadcasts giving up points for trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this has gone on long enough. Uh, Darren, in grade three? 
yeah, you can get some points for showing your work. <laughs> Darren, at uh, our age, no. Okay, well, there it is. Um, Darren Millard joining us from New York. Hey, buddy, uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy and have a safe flight back tomorrow. And then uh, we I'll will get in. Wednesday. Yeah, we'll get into line combinations on Wednesday. That is Darren Millard. Enjoy, enjoy your night, buddy. Hey, buddy. Darren Millard, the always fun, many, many hat wearer, Darren Millard. Like, I didn't know the consulting thing. It makes sense. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know the the speaking thing though it kind of makes sense for him um but anyway darren millard chiming in on all things vgk but i can't wait for one-timers i'm telling you like i'm i'm super excited about one-timers we might spend all of one-timers on just one story we'll see how it goes and it's gonna be it's gonna include for me a pet peeve and i'm gonna explain the pet peeve on the other side of the break one one-timers coming up on the vgk insider show Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers. Our daily look around the NHL news and notes. We're going to start in Winnipeg. This broke Friday. We haven't had a chance to get to it, but... The Winnipeg Jets announced leadership group restructuring. This is a quote from head coach Rick Bonus. It is the determination of the coaching staff that we will enter the 2022-23 season without a specific captain, but rather a group of assistants still to be determined. You're beating my captain. Not anymore. It's our goal to expand the leadership base within our hockey team. We have high expectations for our core players, and we want to provide them with the opportunity to step into those greater leadership roles as a group. End quote. So it's a nice way of saying Blake Wheeler, who has served as captain of the Winnipeg Jets since 2016, has been stripped of his captaincy. Blake Wheeler will not wear the C for the Winnipeg Jets. And and I'm reading that. I highly, highly doubt he wears an A. What do you think this does to the room in Winnipeg? Well, I disagree with Darren as far as them being a team that could contend for the playoffs, because I think I think last week he was kind of mentioning that they may they may be in that hunt. I don't think so. I think they're a team in in, in transition is probably a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, you've got some guys in that locker room who are very close with Blake Wheeler, guys who've been there for a long time with him. And I, I, I think it, I, I think there's two groups. I think there's a group that's like, yeah, you know what? This is the right decision because maybe he hasn't been the greatest captain. And those might be the younger players. But then you're going to have the veterans, guys, guys like Mark Shifley, guys like Connor Hellerbuck, who are going to say, you know what? This is This is crap. Like... We, we we don't want this. Like like I I just don't see how this is a good situation for the Winnipeg Jets and Blake Wheeler. Well, think about it from this perspective. Look at what has gone out in Winnipeg: Dustin Bufflin, Jacob Truba, Patrick Line. You can even include Paul Stastny there. Paul Stastny. Like, could you could you argue that maybe this was a long time overdue? That maybe, as you mentioned, like. Maybe Blake Wheeler was not the captain, the 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 captivator, the the guy you want in that leadership role. And it took a new coach coming into a situation, getting an assessment of everybody 
and saying, okay, leadership here is broken. We've got to fix it. Well, to be fair, I, I think this is a, a team that really has not. And I think those of us who, who, who watched it from, from a close distance or maybe, you know, from where we were at, mm -hmm. we knew at the time what a big loss at Dustin Bufflin situation was when, when he stepped away. Yeah. And I don't think this team has ever really recovered from that. And, and to be honest with you, it doesn't seem like they ever recovered from getting knocked around by the Golden Knights in that Western Conference final because they were great in the first period of game one. And basically since that, they have not looked like a team that could contend for the Stanley Cup. If you wear an A on your sweater, what what are you? You, I, I I've always wondered why you have multiple alternate captains. Uh -huh. Because like who who's the one in that situation who's stepping up when you you, you need that guy to, to to speak with the ref or or to to have that discussion when there's a a pretty serious issue on the ice? Like I, I I've never understood why you need like three or four guys. Mm -hmm. I mean I, I I get it, but. To me, there's one captain. You you went in the wrong direction. You said it right, but you went in the wrong direction. This is nitpicky and pet peevy of me. It's an alternate captain, not an assistant captain. Yeah. Anytime I see assistant captain, I hear assistant captain, I cringe. It makes me nuts. It's alternate <laughs> captain. Yeah. That's all. That's all I got to say. I, I, I don't have much more on, on the Blake Wheeler thing. I when you are stripping captains, and that's what it is. Like, you can say it in the nicest way possible. I know that, that Rick Bonus, Blake Wheeler, like, they had a joint press conference, and it was cordial, for sure. But I, I don't think that leads to a dynamic that's going to be tenable for very long. Maybe it is in the beginning. Maybe it's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need. I'm erring on the side of there's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be some sourness going into the season, and I think that that's going to bleed through because everything's bled through for the Winnipeg Jets over the last two seasons. Yeah, it's just been a disaster mm -hmm. for up there, and it's unfortunate because it's a great hockey market, and, and there's some great fans, and they deserve to have a competitive winning team. But, I mean, you could – then you, you haven't even mentioned the fact that maybe their best player or best young player – doesn't want to be there. No, he wants to be a Montreal Canadian, which is fine. It's Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, I will I will mention right here that we will hear more from Kelly McCrimmon and Bruce Cassidy from their interview over the weekend at the Rookie Tournament with Brian McCormick. We'll do that tomorrow because I thought some of the things Kelly said, some of the things Bruce said, very, very interesting, and I definitely want to get those out to you. Thought we'd have more time today. We don't. Uh, here's a story that I want to get to. It's a real quick hitter. Austin Matthews is a is is betraying Hall and Oates, and I'm not a fan. Austin Matthews said that he would be open to the Toronto Maple Leafs using a new goal song instead of the greatest goal song of all song of all time. Hall and Oates, you make my dreams come true. I'm not going to stand for this. And and let me let me go as far as to say this. And I know I'm not going to get very much like support here but if the toronto maple leafs break everyone's heart and if they decide to throw and cast aside hall and oats for the sake of austin matthews who's going to leave in two years anyway i vote that the golden knights pick up that goal song i i will always have your back yeah. on the hall and oats situation yeah i think i think the problem is austin matthews is just a little too young to appreciate the greatness of daryl hall and john oats and and that fantastic song I mean, that's like the type of song you hear in like a Sandler mm -hmm. romantic comedy movie. Like, it's so this, perfect. This is what it is. I 
challenge everybody listening to this right now. When we are done, not now, when we're done at 6 o'clock, 6.05, whatever it is, find the song, put it on, and I dare you not to enjoy yourself. That You can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. When you hear Hall & Oates. Those first... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it, there's there's nothing you can do. It is it is fun in a song, and you can't deny it. Yes, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know about you, but when you score goals in hockey, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and you should want to have that feeling as much as possible. I hope that if they change their goal song, I am wrong about Austin Matthews leading the league in scoring next year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you it's right karma. now, I, it's I'm karma. drawing a line in the sand. I am not going to stand this Hall & Oates erasure. I'm not doing it. I'm not a fan. I don't <laughs> like it. But if Toronto tries to appease Austin Matthews with this, I hope the Golden Knights swoop in and take it. Those are your one-timers for today. Monday, September 19th. It's not that hard. We're back. Catching up with Chapman is next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right. So, uh, funny, when, when you had Darren on, you guys were talking about Wednesday is the day that we, we do our lines. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I go first. So I don't get accused of stealing someone else's lines because I have a feeling there's a possibility my lines may be very, very close to either yourselves or Darren's. Mm-hmm. I I have this gut feeling that Darren is going to keep the misfits together. It's just that it's just a gut feeling I have. Sure, yeah. But I I can tell you I am breaking them up. Oh, maybe, I am maybe, too. maybe not one maybe not totally, just a little little, mm-hmm. you know, wet your appetite a little bit, but I, 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 I do think that uh, I have Jonathan Marsh or so and possibly Riley Smith not playing with William Carlson. So the thing the the trick of the trick for me is I'm splitting them up. Yes. I don't know if I'm going to keep a pair together or if I'm going three on three different lines. Well, All I could, three on three. I can definitely lines. tell you I have Jonathan Marsh or so somewhere different. So I think that's the obvious choice, right? Like we, yes. we look at the consistency of putting the puck in the back of the net for John of the Marsh. So kind of makes sense to give him an elevated role next season. But even though he was in New York and even though he was only on the show for 30 minutes, Mallard made a good point. Like you put Chandler Stevenson's speed up there with Jack Eichel and they did play together last year and there was some chemistry. Are you looking at Chandler Stevenson as this team's top line left wing? Well, and I'll also add to that. He, he's played with Mark Stone sure. before and yeah. had a lot of success there, too. I feel like that's less obvious, but it might be the right answer. That'll be on Wednesday. Tomorrow, we've got a lot to get to as well as camp is right around the corner. Join us. Have a great night, everybody.